0: Dancers have a lot to balance. From their pirouettes to their jumps, a dancer's performance is a direct result of hard work and motivation. So where does food fit into this? There's a lot of myths and a ton of antiquated ideals about what a dancer's diet should look like. And I'm here to dispel those. I'm Rachel Fine registered dietitian nutritionist and founder of to the point nutrition i'm the dance nutritionist and i'm here to tell you that to be a successful dancer you don't have to diet instead i'll teach you how to use food as your best tool to enhance your performance a nourishing meal plan not only fuels your dancing but also enhances your strength improves your balance, supports your flexibility, and most importantly, reduces your risk to injury.
1: Well, I'm honestly so excited to be here and discuss body neutrality because I know how important this is for most people, but I know as dancers, it's even more like sensitive, you know? So
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there's something about the, perf- the performing arts world, in my opinion, takes everything we experience in diet culture and just exacerbates it to like the 200th degree because, you know, as performers and especially even as dancers, they, to a certain extent, dancers are very reliant on these external people to you know provide them with jobs and contracts so if those right. people are unfortunately rooted in antiquated ideals of unrealistic body sizes then right. it's it's a definitely a major issue and hopefully this anti diet movement is starting to shift you know our normal world i'm also hoping hoping that we're making dents in the dance world as well yes and i
1: remember like not even being in this space yet and watching you in this space and being like an all like is that a real thing. Like can we actually do that? So Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited too. So Brittany, why don't you just give us a I was just telling everyone, you know, you're a fellow dietitian, a friend, you know, for everyone watching, Brittany and I have known each other for a very long time. Even our I believe moms. our our moms went to yeah. maybe maybe it was like high school together. <laughs>
1: exactly. I was telling my mom that we were doing a live and she got so excited. So I'm a registered dietitian, certified intuitive eating counselor. I, you know, when I first got into the space of dietetics, it was prompted by my own sort of obsession with health and wellness. I think like so many dietitians, we go into the space because we love food and nutrition, but it's also kind of prompted with some of this disordered eating. And so it started off as something extremely innocent, turned into more harmful disordered behaviors as time went on. And so I went into graduate program, never learned about intuitive eating, never learned about body image, health at every size, nothing, including my clinical rotations as well. And then, you know, with social media, I was just exposed to all these other dietitians like you, who is in this space. And like, this makes so much sense. Like, I feel like I can't unlearn what I've learned. And the more research I, you know, I dug into, the more books I read, the more podcasts I listened to, prescribing weight loss just no longer fit with my values and no longer fit with my goals. And I just was like, I can't do this anymore because I personally don't believe in it. So how am I prescribing something to someone else that like I don't do personally? Yeah.
0: Absolutely. And you know, just for everybody watching one thing that I've also experienced since being a dietitian is just how unfortunate, unfortunately, like how weight centric our education is in order to become a dietitian. And Brittany, I agree. Like my, I almost feel like I've had to teach myself and learn so much more after I even became an RD than my schooling, you know what I mean. All of this education about—I too never was introduced to the HACE movement or health at every size for everybody watching. Um, intuitive eating until after the fact, until after my RD and the similar to you, you know, just reading books and my own education. Um, getting the certificate of of intuitive eating has helped so much, and like your what you're saying, better aligned with what has helped me and helped the the dancers that I work with. And one other thing that you said, I think that really hits home is that for a lot of dietitians, we come into this field with like this major interest in health and nutrition and food, and it's true like we, there's there's a major interest there but there's also this seed of obsession for me yeah. what i ex- what i experienced was just the obsession borderline orthorexia with yeah. healthy eating and that's what got me into you know wanting to be the dietitian and be the one that was like knew about healthy eating little did i know that that it was so far
1: from what nice. i even thought and in so many ways it becomes this identity like oh like, i'm a nutrition student i'm so healthy like watch what i'm eating but really it was so disordered and I know like we'll talk about health and like what you know what health means but you know I think for both of us like that changed a lot and even with what we're learning I completely agree I'm constantly learning and growing as a practitioner wanting to just absorb so much of this information that we unfortunately weren't taught in you know yeah. this ground.
0: Yeah, and so interesting that you talk about identity because a lot of dancers struggle with this as well. And I was guilty of this when I was a dancer, especially moving into the world of dietetics at the same time, was like you develop this identity of being the dancer, the healthy one, um, looking like, quote unquote, the dancer. And I think that's a major thing that I see with the dancers I work with now is having to come to terms with this idea of having a shift in your identity.
1: And also along with that, like creating different values, like knowing, you know, similar to body image, like you are more than your body. You're also more than a dancer. Even if you are an incredible dancer, like there are so many other values and so many other passions and, and you know, pieces that make you you. And so being able to identify that, like you can be a dancer and a great friend, a daughter, a girlfriend and all these other things
0: absolutely having that multifaceted approach to life is what i call it and just because again with being in the performing arts world it's so the culture is so um unfortunately uh promotes this idea of you know being one track minded and where that ends up it, it ended up in my own burnout as a dancer and that's exactly what we, and we see this in all fields. I mean, we can see this in any field that, that perhaps you've experienced as well. Just having that one track mind and it not being productive to the long-term sustainability of you know, what you're doing. 100%. And then
1: plus, like, you know, when, if and when you decide to stop dancing at some point, like, you don't want it to feel like that was the only identity you had. It could be, as you were saying, like, multifaceted. It could be a part of you. But it doesn't have to just be you.
0: Absolutely. So, Brittany, I'd love for you to, in your own words, define what body neutrality even means. Yes. So body neutrality is this term that
1: I feel like is starting to kind of pick up in the, you know, in the media, especially because we have like this body discomfort, body dislike, and in some people like, you know, even body hatred. And then on the other side of the spectrum, you have body love, which seems really unattainable to most people. So in the middle, you have this idea of body neutrality. So body neutrality really allows you to be connected to your body, to experience like the emotional side of your body, and also to not have so many deeply rooted emotions tied to your body. So meaning, you know, an example of this would be um, if you were trying on jeans and your jeans fit tightly, rather than creating a whole storyline of oh my god how did i get here i you know i gave myself too many treats i did all this it's just neutral and there's no judgment there's no like critical thoughts it's just a neutral thought process and this is really hard to accomplish because as humans we are so hypercritical of ourselves and if you talk to yourself or i should say if you ever talk to your friends the way that mm-hmm. you can talk to yourself I don't think any of us would have friends. I think that like our friends would run. And so we have to think about, you know, why am I so judgmental? Why am I so critical of myself? So kind of to get past the definition, like body neutrality sort of falls into this middle of the spectrum. It's a place of appreciation. It's a place of respect. And it's just like, it is what it sounds like. It's just a neutral, non-emotional ties to your body image.
0: Mm-hmm. Which is so hard because in our culture, I mean, everywhere we turn is, you know, from magazine covers to our social feeds to, you know, having a line on a, an audition um, application that says, you know, how much do you weigh? Unfortunately, it, it's so ingrained in us to, to build these emotional connections to what we look like. And right. obviously there, there needs to be major cultural shifts in order for us to start believing in it individually. Yes.
1: And I think like there are, I agree, I think that as a whole, especially for you guys who are dancers, like in that industry, there needs to really be a cultural shift, but even outside of the dance world, like there are things and steps that we can take today to really help with body neutrality. And so the first thing is looking at the language you use. So Mm. how do you talk to yourself? How are you describing your body? How are you thinking about your body? Um, when it comes to parents, friends, other dancers that you're, you know, you're friends with, how are you talking to them Are all the conversations about the latest diet you're on? Is it about body size, body image, Can we expand those conversations to be more than just your body and maybe talk about techniques, make it unrelated to your body size. So those are two things. The third one that I always recommend to clients is curate your own social media feed.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I love your platform because I feel like we need more people like you in the world for dancers, for other professionals. And unfortunately, like seeing certain people on social media can be extremely triggering. There's so many people on here that talk about these fad diets and juicing and things that are genuinely not even healthy for us. And so looking at your social media feed and saying, how is this impacting my mood? How is this impacting how I'm feeling in my body, about my body? And can I curate my feed to create something that just makes me feel good? So following your page, for example, I'm sure girls look at your page and they're like, I feel so much better. Like this is giving me permission to actually like my body, to love my body, to appreciate my body.
0: Sure. And honestly, likewise, you know, you're doing such a fabulous job. One thing that I think you do so well is this idea of language and how we talk to ourselves and how we... Recreate that narrative um, with with our own selves. And another thing that you mentioned that I wanted to touch on a little bit is this idea of in order for us to get to this neutral place with our body, really starting to make space for feelings of discomfort. I think it's just normal human behavior for us to, and I, I was guilty of this too, always find solutions. You know, yes. we're. we're
1: I'm sorry, I was going to say, like, as dietitians, we want to find solutions. Yes. That's what we're trained. So Mm -hmm. I do a lot of supervision with Brie Campos. She's incredible. And she always says, like, I know as dietitians, like, you want to fix, but you have to just create space. And what she calls it is sitting in the suck. So Mm. how can we sit in the suck? If you feel uncomfortable in your body, that's okay. If you want to change your body, it's normal, given the culture that we live in. And so I think... You know, giving yourself grace, giving yourself space to be okay with that. And I think the work that we do, especially is not to just jump to the, the quick fix, right? We're not jumping to the next diet, we're not restricting calories, we're learning to sit in that discomfort. And that work is hard.
0: Yeah, yeah, especially because I, you know, and we've spoken about this before, the idea of all of this work being a journey and the discomfort always to some degree being there, Again going back to the culture that we're in and constantly being inundated with messages that are perhaps telling us, you know, juice, what is good, what is bad, right? do this diet, do that diet. Um, and having that again all, and what we were, learned throughout our education all be tied to our quote unquote idea of what health is. Yes. So it's so easy for us to fall into this mindset of, you know, what I'm doing is either good or bad for my health when in fact that all or nothing black or white thinking it's so far from it and it's not helpful. And the truth is like, health
1: is not just eating a bowl of kale, right? Health is (laughs) mental health along with physical health. It's also how you feel about your body and your body image and your emotional health, your stress management, are you sleeping? Health is so much larger than what we make it out to be. You know, what's really healthy is healing your relationship with food. And for you dancers being, you know, the, athletes that you are, making sure that you're fueling your body appropriately and, you know, making sure that you're really nourishing yourself and taking care of yourself along the way.
0: I completely agree knowing that what health means it's again goes goes back to that word that I love throwing out there multifaceted taking into account our physical well-being which is so important for dancers and for as athletes you know focusing on performance but then also a huge part of a dancer being able to really find freedom artistically is Mm -hmm. tuning into their emotional and their mental well-being as well
1: right And honestly, in order to be able to think creatively and artistically, our brains need to be fueled. And, you know, especially for athletes, like if if your sport is something that you are so passionate about, the number one thing you can do for yourself is to make sure that you're fueling yourself appropriately. And, you know, kind of taking it back to the body, before I forget, because I just had one thought, our relationship with our body is a relationship. So I think oftentimes people want to fix a relationship with their bodies and they're like, okay, I'm done. I'm never gonna have a bad body image day. But a relationship takes effort, it takes work. So for example, like if you have a best friend, you know, there will be times where you're mad at her, you'll, you know, you'll be disappointed, you'll be frustrated. It doesn't mean you don't love her. It doesn't mean you don't respect her or appreciate her. It just simply means like some days are harder than others. And that's how I want to think about our relationship with our body. It is quite literally, a relationship, and it takes time, it takes effort, and, you know, there's no end date necessarily. It's not like, okay, at this point, check mark, I have a great body image. It's a daily job. And I know sometimes when people feel like they're in distress about their body image and, you know, maybe they feel triggered by something, maybe a dance coach said something and, or something felt triggering to them, we want to remember it's almost like having the flu. Right. If you have the flu, you're like, I, this is never gonna end. This is horrible. I'm, I'm never gonna get better. But you do get better, and you do at some point get over the flu. And I, whenever there was like a distressing moment in body, and that's how I think about it, it's like you will get through this, and like this
0: too shall pass. Yes. Yes. I love that. And going into that a little bit, having the tools to help us move through that actual journey. And again, like we said, allow for the space for discomfort. And then of course, move through that discomfort. So a couple of things that you mentioned were, and one thing that I use as well with clients is the idea of body appreciation and starting to build this ongoing relationship that's based in appreciation, not necessarily obsession or love. But even
1: kind of to go off the appreciation, especially as dancers, like, you guys are incredible. Like, you do things, and I'm like, I don't know how you do that. And so I feel like the dance space is actually one of, like, the best places to look at body appreciation, because when it comes to flexibility and motion and all these things, like, you know, choreography, it is incredible what our bodies can do. And so I love this idea of body appreciation even if you can't get to a place of neutrality yet, even if you're thinking, okay, Brittany, like this all sounds great in theory, I can't get to a neutral spot of my body. Appreciation is a place that we can at least start at because like what parts of my body am I appreciative of? Am I appreciative of the fact that, like my legs allow me to walk and move, my arms allow me, you know, to do certain movements. And then of course this idea of body respect, right? And so we wanna make sure that we show up for our bodies. We're resting appropriately. We are taking care of ourselves. We're nourishing our bodies. We're giving ourselves permission to eat when we feel hungry. We're resting, right? If there's a day where you really don't feel like moving your body, maybe that's a sign that you need to rest. And that's, you know, in itself an act of self-care and self-respect. The other piece that I think about, too, is clothing. So with clothing, we often, you know, still wear clothes that don't necessarily fit us. And if you want to set yourself up for a, a challenging body image day, week, or month, having clothes in your closet that just simply don't fit will get you there. So making sure that you know you have clothes that fit your here and now body, and making sure that you're
0: really dressing for comfort and clothing that feels good, like leotards, for example. You know. Um, Investing in updating your closet if necessary to allow you to feel better physically will also help with confidence in the dance studio and at your summer intensives and at your auditions so that's definitely such a great point i think it's so easy for dancers to hold on to this especially for younger dancers who are really going through puberty we see a lot of them holding on to this idea of what they look like pre pudescent yes. and and that's an issue in of itself you know really coming to terms with the idea that bodies are 100% meant to change 100% bodies are meant to change
1: and you nailed it. And also, especially with puberty, you know, so many incredible changes are happening to your body. So it makes sense that your body size will change along with that. So again, if that feels uncomfortable for you, if that brings up some discomfort, as you were saying, just like sitting with that, and and it's okay that it's uncomfortable, but allowing yourself to have that space to think through those thoughts that are challenging is going to be really helpful.
0: Yes, Brittany, I could not agree more. My final question for you is a question that I ask everybody I talk to Usually it's more focused in the dance world, but I'm going to keep it general with you. And I'm very interested to hear how you define it. Just how would you define being healthy? Right.
1: So I am someone who truly thinks that mental health is as important as physical health. So health to me is, and I I do want to preface, I think health is going to look different for everyone. But how I look at health is how am I treating my body in a way that's making me feel good emotionally, physically, and spiritually. So engaging in behaviors that I know are making me feel good on the inside. That's honestly how I would think about health. And that's definitely changed over time. But I do think it's like the emotional, physical, and spiritual aspect that's crucial.
0: I agree in the sense that it's changed over time for me as well. I think coming from a very similar background in regards to our education as you, it being so weight centric and this idea that, you know, eating a certain way is going to directly impact our health being the focus on our physical health without much discussion around mental health and emotional and spiritual health. So I think it's so important as well to keep that rooted in our core of everything we do especially by the way for dancers as artists because like you said it is so mentally freeing to um to have that freedom just throughout our lives
1: and that's actually a great point it's like when you free yourself from all of these critical thoughts and negative thoughts and food thoughts you are actually opening up so much more space for creativity and your dance and everything your friends your family that you might not have had time to beforehand. And so, you know, a lot of the people that I speak to, I'm like, why do you want to heal? Why do you want to have a healthy relationship with food in your body? And it's really to create that mental space that's just been taken up by food and negative body image thoughts.
0: Absolutely, those obsessive thoughts about food that I often like to talk about. Brittany, thank you so much. This has been so wonderful. Thank Oh
1: my, this was so fun. I will come back anytime.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: And also, just a little plug, I do have a podcast. It's called Food yeah. Therapy, and we do talk about body image on there. So body image work is something that you want to hear more about. Feel free to go there, and also my Instagram, No Food fears.
0: Absolutely. I've listened to a couple of episodes. It is wonderful. I absolutely <laughs> love it. Yeah. You have such a a beautiful way of explaining various topics and that's exactly why I wanted to have you on here. So thank you (laughs) again. We will definitely touch base again.
1: Thank you.